For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by social media coordinator for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Madison Curley. Madison talks about the power of the handwritten thank you note, the three most important components of any social media post, and how being a student athlete helps shape her in business today. She also shares her networking tips and the importance of women promoting women. This is a really inspiring episode, so make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and enjoy. Madison, thank you so much for joining me for Get My Job This Week. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I have been very excited to talk to you, and I'm going to start with congratulating you on your pretty much brand new position (laughs) with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know you're very new into it, and I want to talk about that. But first, I would love for you to start just by taking us through your professional journey that got you to this point. Yeah, so... Originally from Arizona, went to Arizona State and originally picked the school because I was recruited to play golf there. And then once I committed, it was, okay, I've picked the school. What the heck do I want to major in? And so knew I wanted to work in sports. Wasn't like super excited about the fact of like sitting behind a computer with like numbers all day or whatever. So kind of was led the journalism route, especially since Arizona State has one of the top journalism schools in the country. Mm-hmm. So went to Cronkite, majored in sports journalism, did a bunch of on-camera stuff there. Uh, Cronkite has a ton of like great opportunities for students to get involved in like real-life practice, like covering our teams in high school sports. But being on the golf team, I didn't necessarily get as much hands-on experience as a lot of the other students did. So a big mm-hmm. thing for me was just like, networking like crazy like as a student athlete I was constantly around people in sports Mm -hmm. so just making sure I formed as many connections there as possible and so used golf connections to get an internship at golf channel which I did my like after my sophomore year headed into my junior year which was like so thankful for that just because I didn't really have anything on my resume so Mm -hmm. couldn't even get interviews to get internships. So it was more on like production assistant side of things for our morning broadcast there. Went back to school, wrapped up my degree and that entitles like us to one semester in our news program, which is run through Arizona PBS. Oh, okay. That's cool. So did our news program there as like a sports reporter. And that was really fun because I kind of got thrown on the Phoenix Suns beat and Mm -hmm. that was summer of 2018. So we had just gotten the number one pick. So covered them like drafting eight in through summer league. And then, I mean, now we've seen where that's taken them, but so it was really there at the beginning. And then from there I graduated and had an extra year left on the golf team. So got my master's in sports law and business and through there kind of focused on 
marketing. We had to take a bunch of like analytics and the sports law courses and all that. But marketing was definitely the one that piqued my interest. And then from there, didn't really have an interest in doing like live TV, which was more the, my broadcast background in Cronkite. But mm-hmm. the marketing background combined with like content creation and every, like all the Adobe stuff I learned through broadcast kind of led me into a social media position is what, what I was looking for. And I would love to be on the like league or network side or team side of things. Um, from there, I still had one semester left of school after an internship at Adidas golf, which was in marketing. And I interned at Camelback Ranch in Glendale, which is the spring training home of the Dodgers and White Sox. And so mm-hmm. as people know, in like minor league and spring training baseball, it's like all hands on deck. I was the in-stadium host. I helped coordinate our mark- like game day marketing team, helped with like sponsorship promotions, captured whatever I could for social. So it was a little bit of everything. And then as we all know, covid brought spring training to a little bit of an early close, but luckily I'd already started applying for jobs since it was a seasonal position. And I had already landed a social media coordinator position at Bally. Well, it was Fox sports Southwest um, changed over to Bally sports Southwest while I was there. And honestly, so lucky to have landed that I wanted to go into social media. And like I had mentioned, I didn't really have a full like social media resume. Mm-hmm. So just being able to land like a full-time position in social media, I was so lucky and even luckier to keep it throughout the pandemic. So I was there for about 16 months. Okay. And Valley Sports Southwest, we have the Mavericks, we have the Spurs, the Thunder, and the Pelicans as far as NBA goes. And then NHL, the Dallas Stars, and MLB, the Texas Rangers. And then, as everyone knows, Texas high school sports are crazy. So we'd cover yes. Texas high school football and just whatever, the Dallas Wings and whatever else would like pop up on our radar. So got a ton of experience there, even though it was all from home. And then here I am with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's kind of crazy. Like ever since I got to Dallas, my boss and I were always saying like next steps in NBA team. NBA was always like what I was most excited and interested about. And we knew that's where I probably wanted to go next. So actually ending up there like less than a year and a half later was kind of crazy. And I'm really excited to be here. And you've been there like a week and a half, right? Yeah, this is week two. So a week ago yesterday was my first day. So, well, that's awesome. That's fantastic. So let's, mm-hmm. I'm going to back up a little bit um, mm-hmm. to your time on the golf team. And I mm-hmm. want to just talk a little bit about your time as an athlete, because in your time as broadcasting, and even now with social media, how did your, your experience as an athlete and, and knowing what it's like to be on that side of things, how does that impact kind of what you're doing today? So first off, like being an athlete, like really got me to where I am today because I'd networked like crazy. We, we were in the athletic department and like the football coach was around. Like I was always the one like talking to everybody. And as everyone knows, ASU's football coach is Herm Edwards who worked at ESPN. And so just like network, networking with every single person I could get in contact with being an athlete. So first off, that's how it like prepared me. And then second off, Also being a student athlete, all of my friends were athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it was we were hanging around the basketball team or the tennis team or soccer or whatever, like all of my friends in college were athletes and being myself an athlete, 
I think I just know kind of like how athletes operate. Like I know they're Mm -hmm. human and like, they're just like any of us, but there is like sort of this like mentality to it and just like how schedules work. And then also being friends with athletes throughout college, like professional athletes, I can really view them as human because Mm -hmm. they are my friends. And so being able to see them from the human side of things and want to tell their human stories and just not, I mean, there have been a few athletes that I'm like in the same room as them and I'm like, holy cow, like that's them. So Mm -hmm. it's hard not to get starstruck for some of them, but my athlete background, I would say definitely helps me not get starstruck for a lot of them and treat them as normal human beings, which is huge when you want to like report and cover on them because you are telling their stories. Absolutely. And and you've mentioned Mm -hmm. networking a few times, and I think Mm -hmm. it's an important thing to remember because I think in today's world, we can get stuck behind a screen. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously so important to be out there meeting people or in the time of COVID, Zooming with people and phone Mm -hmm. calls, et cetera. So can you just talk a little bit about that and why it is so important? So for me, my first two internships, I wouldn't have landed them without like make networking and who I knew. I Mm -hmm. got my first one at Golf Channel because of a family friend and someone we'd kept in contact throughout my golf career and who put me in touch with like the right people to interview for the production assistant internship. And so I was really lucky to land that one, my first one ever. And then my second one was at Adidas Golf, who ASU's an Adidas school. So being in contact with our rep, I just was like randomly one day was like, Hey, do you guys have an internship program? And sure enough, like he put me in touch with their HR person in Carlsbad who put me in touch with their HR person in Portland. And I still had to go through like the three-step interview process, but just like having that connection to get my foot in the door was huge. And then like ever since then, I feel like I've known people to get me where I am today. In like you said, like in today's world, we're so stuck behind a screen. But Twitter's been my best friend. Like I've met mm-hmm. so many people through Twitter, and I say met, and I've never met them in real life. But I feel right. like my friends. Like my job at Fox Sports Southwest when I applied on the application, like on the job posting, whatever it said, who I'd be reporting to, like the position. So I went on LinkedIn, searched the position, <laughs> found the person who was that position, found him on Twitter and DM'd him. And I was like, either he's going to find this really weird or it's going <laughs> to be like a good conversation. Like, And so sure enough, like he was impressed by me reaching out and going through all of that extra little work. And we had a solid conversation and interviewed with him and he ended up being my boss. And like to this day, he talks about how he was like impressed. I went that little extra mile. And same thing with here at the Cavs, like through social media, I had been following a few of their like content creators here. And just because one, like impressed by their work and two, like new potentially wanted to end up in the NBA. So always good connections to have. And sure enough, I saw the job posting come up, applied and just reached out and was like, Hey, (laughs) keep an eye out for my resume basically. And so had to go through an entire interview process here as well, but just having friends along the way have helped a ton. And I mean, my resume and interviewing have eventually gotten me the jobs, but getting that first interview is a lot through who, you know, 
Absolutely. And in going that extra mile, that I think is what's going to differentiate you or somebody else, especially, you know, at this point in this world, because it's also very easy to just email in a resume and be like, well, I guess I'll hear from them. But, um, (laughs) but, but yeah, not necessarily. And I think the going the extra mile does make all the difference. And you are Mm -hmm. an excellent example of that. Yeah. My, in our master's program, a lot of the classes and work they did with us was like interview prep and resume prep and cover letters and all that sorts of thing. And applying for my Adidas golf internship, I worked with our program director. How could I like set myself apart? It was interesting. Mm -hmm. They didn't even have like the, it wasn't a cover letter per se. It was their whole brand is like the creator brand. So they wanted you to show like on a one sheet PDF, like how can, like, how are you a creator? So like brainstorming how to show myself on a one sheet PDF in a creative way. And then like how to make myself stand out. And then once I even got the interview, like how to make my, like I wanted to send a thank you note, like they drilled that as uh, drilled that into us, like how much like handwritten thank you notes, like make you stand out. But like, even from there, like, is there something beyond just a handwritten thank you note I could send them to make me myself stand out even a little bit more. So finding, like, like you said, in today's society, we're like so much behind a screen, so much behind like Twitter, social media, zoom, all that stuff, but finding ways to still be like human and personable and connect with, the person on the other side of the screen, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think that's excellent advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are a social media coordinator. You have been one now for quite some time and that mm-hmm. was what you wanted to do. Yes. So I have a couple questions around that, starting with how have your experiences as a sports fan helped you to understand what lo- fans are looking for in terms of content on social? I think being a sports fan is huge just because uh, our goal both places I've worked has always been like to connect with the fans. And so like me going on Twitter as a sports fan, engaging a ton of stuff as a sports fan, I know what content like I find funny, what content Mm -hmm. my friends enjoy, what content like other fans of the same team. I like I'm a fan of like, and just kind of what works and what doesn't. And so being able to like see things from the fan side of things helps me create content for fans because I know like what fans like and like, like what, what, what we want to see in a sense. And so Mm -hmm. it kind of helps turn, like see things from the other point of view. Like when I'm creating something, I'm going to be like, how would a fan perceive this and all of that. So being a fan definitely helps because it's like as much as we're covering a team and want to put like push out pictures of our players and stuff our players like, it's the fans like engaging with it and absorbing it and seeing it on their feeds. So they're just as important as like the people we're covering. Do you have sort of a, I don't know if checklist is quite the right term, but are there kind of two to three points that you want to get across in every post? Oh, let's see. So for the most part, like every single post we that goes out has some sort of content, whether it's like photo, video, graphic. And so a big thing is making sure like that's on brand. Like we, especially here at the Cavs, like there's such a look and feel 
to everything we put out and like keeping it on brand is huge. So making sure one, making sure that kind of matches it up with what our brand is. And then the other huge aspect, obviously of a post is the copy. And I think like something that has been pointed out to me recently, but also at Southwest is not every fan, like we're posting in English, but not every fan absorbing it will necessarily speak English. Mm-hmm. So, so like a big thing is like the short, like as short and sweet and like to the point and like use emojis and like all that type of stuff. So it's absorbable by everyone. Um, so copy is a big one. I mean, obviously there's some instances where it's going to have to be a little longer and all that stuff. But like, obviously the main two points is like one, making sure the content is on brand and two, like putting out the best copy as possible for that post. And then, I mean, obviously here at the Cavs, a big thing is a ton of our posts have sponsored elements or like a sponsor you have to tag or whatever. So making one, making sure the sponsor is tagged in the first place and two, also making sure what we're putting out goes along with what the sponsor wants us to put out too. Like obviously in a post where it's sponsored, like we're not only representing ourselves at that point, we're also representing the brand. So I would say those are the main three things. Obviously a lot of brainstorming goes into the content you're pushing out and the copy that will go along with it. So I think a lot of that, like the checklist per se is like done in the brainstorm phase, Mm -hmm. but still like I'm pushing out a tweet to, or an Instagram post to millions and millions of people. Like I read over every fine letter period. I overthink it probably a little bit too much, but better safe than sorry. Well, a hundred percent. And I think that taking that extra minute generally in social media Mm -hmm. is probably really good advice. Like whether it's (laughs) taking that extra minute, you're doing professional social media, take the extra minute to make sure, yes, the sponsor is tagged, everything's spelled right. You haven't had a typo because one word could change the entire meaning of a post. And then I think Generally on social media, I think especially on Twitter, taking that extra second to say, okay, I just want to make sure this is really what I want to say. And then <laughs> yes. I want to do it. Because especially on my personal it, one. Yes. And that's because <laughs> once it's out there, it's out there. Uh, and that brings me to kind of my next question, which is a little bit of a two-parter in that one, when it comes to personal, professional too, but I think you have a little bit more of here's what has to go into it. But it come, when it comes to your personal show, uh, social, how do you find that line between funny and interesting and not over the line? And then also, how do you deal with trolls? Like, what is what is your process for dealing with trolls? So as far as my personal one, it's definitely like changed throughout like the past couple of years, just because like in college I was a hundred percent a fan. I could say, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I never really had the say whatever I want, whatever I want mentality, just because I knew like future employers could still yes. see that or whatever. Brings up a very good point. <laughs> and even if you think it's gone, someone can probably find it. I just want to yes. throw that out there. Cause I know we have a lot of people that listen that are applying for jobs and want to be in this industry. And it's just, mm-hmm. that's a very good thing to remember. But I would still say it's like evolved in the fact, like obviously being from Phoenix, everybody knows like I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, mm-hmm. but now as a Cleveland Cavaliers employee, 
it's like I, my Twitter's still a bunch of Phoenix Suns stuff, but like I'm now representing the Cavs too. So it's like as much as I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, I'm now an even bigger Cleveland Cavaliers fan. And the like, the better the team does, the better our content is, the more fun my job is. So mm-hmm. I think just being mindful of like your employer, future employers, um, what like kind of person they're looking for. Cause I know a lot of things like certain brands like can have more of a voice. And so it's totally okay for you to be saying whatever you want, whenever you want on your Twitter and they would still hire you. Cause that's almost like what they're looking for in their brand. Uh-huh. But I know like it's way different versus like what an NBA team would be looking for versus what like say ESPN would be looking for or whatever. So trying to align what I'm putting out with one, like what I personally believe, like I'm not mm-hmm. going to be like fake or whatever on my accounts, but keep being in mind what future employers or what brand you want yourself to have for future opportunities. And then as far as trolls go, I mean, we're all going to get them, especially like you, especially if you put out an opinion, like you're Mm going to get replies that don't agree with you. And so, I mean, my biggest thing is I try to block them out as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I have never been a big like block person, but Mm -hmm. I'll definitely block someone if I need to, especially as a woman in sports, like, some like men in particular can get on the creepy side of things. So, so it's like for your own like Mm -hmm. safety, sometimes I've had to like use a block button, but as far as trolls go, like luckily I haven't had too bad of an instance and the block button is your best friend. (laughs) It's all I can say. Cause it's like what they're saying is going to have no impact on like your work, your job, your worth, any of that. And so it's like, and half the time it's like they have zero followers and they're just doing like, why don't they have something better to do with their day? So mm-hmm. luck, luckily I've for the most part, and whenever I've encountered it, I've been in a like strong enough mental place that I've been able to block them out. And then if I need to like use the block button, but luckily I haven't had too bad of a problem as I know some people have. But I think you are right that the block button is your best friend. It is something that's come up on the podcast before is that Mm -hmm. also, especially I think as women in sports, as you said, there are people that come in in on the creepy side. And there are are things that those of us who are women in sports do have to deal with that maybe others Mm -hmm. do not in this industry. And, you know, it's just it's come up before. Don't feel bad. you got to protect yourself and you've got to take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, all the things. And that block button is there for a reason. So don't be afraid to use it if you need to. And I've even had like fellow women in sports, which I've like been thinking before, like they'll see an account that's like bothered them in the past. Mm -hmm. Start engaging with my stuff and they'll DM me and be like, Hey, you might want to block this person before like they start acting weird or whatever. And so even that has been huge. Cause like probably another reason why I've avoided some trolls because like women looking out for women. Yes. Which is an, such an important thing in in this industry and all industries Mm -hmm. is women looking out for women. (laughs) Um, With that in mind, uh, and I know you're 
relatively early in your career, but over the last several years, from the time you were in college to, to where you are today, how are you seeing opportunities grow and change for women? I mean, I think we've especially seen in the past year or so, it's like we obviously have still have a ways to go, but women are getting more opportunities than I've ever seen before and in places that I never really imagined. And so it's great. Like I, growing up, I was a huge football fan and I Mm -hmm. still am. And so I think it's like, even if I was growing up now and saw all of these like coaching positions that women are getting in sports or like more on the actual football side of things rather than just media covering football. Like I might've even picked a different career path. I think Mm -hmm. part of the reason I went down the journalism path is I was sitting there knowing I wanted to work in sports and wasn't sure how. And like the first thing that came to mind was like your sideline reporter. And so it's like now seeing women's roles in sports expand beyond just a sideline reporter. It's like, it's amazing to see. And I think the biggest thing to keep that going is if you're in the room or have any input in a hiring process, like recommend a woman, like make sure women's names continue to be brought up and Mm -hmm. just advocate for like fellow women, because I know even at like past jobs we've had, like we've had to like hire like even just like freelance or part-time positions and making sure I'm like recommending women, bringing women's name up in the room, like bringing more women into situations. Like that's been extremely rewarding for me. And honestly, like it rewarding for me because obviously I'm helping them out, but it makes me more comfortable too, because then there's, I'm not the only woman in the room. Like I have women Mm -hmm. to like relate to, I have friends in the room. And so it's been amazing to see women, into roles that we've never seen before and then keep it going by continuing to advocate and recommend women to get those roles. This is a total departure from what we were just talking about. (laughs) Um, But, but I do want to take a second and just say that what, one of the things you just said, well, a lot of what you just said was obviously fantastic, but one Mm -hmm. of the things was that we as women can be recommending women for these positions. And if you're, if you're in a job and you hear someone say, oh, we are, you know, we're looking for a freelance person or we have this position opening up, recommending women, making sure our colleagues know that these positions are open and are happening because we mm-hmm. are our own biggest advocates for ourselves and for our fellow women. And that is going to be how things change. So I, I just think it wanted to highlight what you just said because yes. it's very, very and I mean, true. Like I said earlier, knowing somebody or like having someone put in a good word for you helps so much during the interview process. So even if you're able to like, I, I know like from Twitter, like all, like there's women I'm friends with on there, but don't necessarily like know them or haven't worked with them before. And I'll be honest with like my employer or person I'm recommending them to. I'm like, Hey, like I don't really know them in a professional setting, but they've been great. Someone to keep like in the conversation. So it's like, even just that, like saying like, Hey, I don't really know them, but they're interested in the job mm-hmm. gets them to look at their resume when maybe it would have been like thrown in the other pile before. So oh, 100%. It's a hundred percent true. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you said that and pointed mm-hmm. that out. Yes. Um, all right. Now we really are moving to a, a departure on a different <laughs> subject entirely. Um, but I'd love to know what is a criticism that you've received early on and that could have been, who knows, relatively recently or not 
um, that was difficult to take at the time, but has really helped you as your career has developed? Criticism. It could be constructive criticism. It could be a criticism that really wasn't constructive, but, you know, anything that you can think back on that kind of had an impact on you in some way. I would say it would have to go back to like when I was in journalism school Mm -hmm. and I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to listen to this. I'll probably share it with him now that (laughs) I say it, but there was a sports director at a local Arizona news station and my journalism school sent me to Vegas to cover summer league because DeAndre and had just gotten drafted and it was going to be his debut in a son's uniform. And some, there was a few local stations that sent reporters, but not all of them. So they reached out to us and they were going to use our video footage of his post game interviews for their broadcast. And as anyone knows, working in sports, like pre COVID, like a media scrum, everybody pushes to be closest to the camera. And so I had this great interview of DeAndre or video of DeAndre Ayton's interview. And sure enough, it's like a, one of the beat reporters, like phones, like right in front of my camera, like trying to get the sound. And so I was, I sent it, I remember I was like so embarrassed to send it to them after. Cause it was like, I was just this journalism student sending it to like all the local news stations and the local sports director, like who was going to use it was like, no, like I've been there. And I used to be that beat writer who like didn't understand like there's people here getting broadcast video. And so like, he gave me this whole pep talk of like, don't shy away from being like the front of the like group and like, make sure you get your way in there and like, you're doing great. And so it's just like, he gave me all this like instruction on like how to, handle myself in that situation. And I think it's just that like confidence boost that like a lot of women need Mm -hmm. that like you belong. And so it's like, it was like criticism in a sense of like, I failed and I could have done better. And like, so he like taught me on how to do, but like taught me, gave me instructions on like how to do better in the future. But it was also this like confidence, like pep talk, like you belong, like you should be there. Like, just like, don't let them push you around kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think back to like that moment, especially because I was just this little journalism student. So it was a great advice for like the beginning of my career in sports. And for sure, having that feeling of you do belong and having that confidence. And it goes back to some of what you were saying earlier about, you know, going out of your way to DM who was going to be your boss and that goes the Mm -hmm. extra mile, but it also shows a level of confidence and knows shows, you know, you should be there. And what you just talked about is such a great example. I mean, I'm a, I'm a beat reporter and I'm short. So oftentimes I just have to say, excuse me, but I'm, can I just get in front of you, you know, nicely, but can I get in front of you? Because otherwise, you know, I'm behind a million people and can't see anything. And you have to ask for things sometimes because most likely people aren't just going to give them to you. Um, But people don't know, you know, so like, I was so nervous because it was like my first summer covering the suns too. So like, Mm -hmm. not only was I this like journalism student there in front of like all these like amazing reporters, but like all of these reporters like also had been covering the team for years and like knew Mm -hmm. all of it, like knew exactly where to go. Exactly. Knew exactly how the press conference operated and exactly knew like all of the team employees. And so I was just like, 
whoa. Like, so it was just like, yeah, I, so appreciated, mm-hmm. I so appreciated the reporters who like started picking up on me being there all the time. So it would kind of like take me under their wing or like give me that like pep talk of advice or like say like, Hey, you're doing great. And so it's just like all those little things, like by the end of the summer, I was like, I knew everybody. I knew where to go. Mm-hmm. Like I felt great. So it was just, it was criticism in a sense of like, I definitely struggled early on, but like everyone who was there, like willing to help. And like, I was able to ask for advice and like helped me succeed. It was that confidence boost I needed. And it's something that you will, I'm sure, pay forward in the future. Yes, for, for somebody sure. Else. Uh, can you take us through a day in the life of Madison Curley, especially here in your new position? Whew. So it's actually been nice because at Valley Sports Southwest, we had been working from home. And if I continued there, I would be back in the office now, but I actually never worked in the office mm-hmm. because of COVID. And so coming to Cleveland, they're back in the office on like a rotating schedule. We'll be back in the office like full capacity soon. But so like a normal, so like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like wake up, go to the office. Like we have a lot of our meetings are still over teams and stuff just because not everybody's in the office yet. Mm -hmm. But my first thing really is like check what meetings I have just for schedule wise. Um, and then kind of run through what are we supposed to be posting that day? We have a content plan where it's like this week's specific, like these are the posts going out today. And then over the next mm-hmm. few weeks, this is kind of the direction we're going. So schedule out posts make, and like I said, like scheduling out posts, make sure is making sure I have the right content making sure I have the right copy, making sure I'm tagging the right partners. And so going throughout that for the day and then just whatever uh, meetings pop up, along my way. So now, right now in the off season, it's a lot of planning meetings, a lot of brainstorming ideas for the season. So being only my second week, I feel kind of a lot, a lot of these meetings, I'm like a fly on the wall. And now mm-hmm. just getting to the point where I can maybe like offer in a little bit of opinion and like know what's going on. But yeah, it's just a lot of like, luckily right now I'm like jumping in at a time where it's off season. So it isn't like this 24 seven rush right now. But it's a lot of waking up, seeing what like our sponsorship team sends us like a weekly like week overlook on Mondays. So making sure I'm hitting all of the sponsorship stuff I need to hit and just what making sure posts are scheduled really is the main thing. And then five o'clock hits and usually come home. We might have a post after five o'clock, but usually we try and schedule it before we go home and go home and do it all again the next day. Really. Um, it's been nice jumping in where I am because it is off season and a little slower. And I jumped into a really talented team that has like had this summer mostly planned out. So just making sure I'm going along with their plan and the content's been great so far. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on your new position. This is mm-hmm. so exciting. And it's really fun to talk to someone. I mean, this is this is what you wanted. And yes, this is where I'm you are. And excited. it's, you know, really cool. And I'm sure in these meetings that, you know, I bet I have a feeling that even in week two, you are able to give yes. some, you know, some feedback and mm-hmm. some great ideas. And I think you're very lucky. It 
to to be there, but you've worked really hard and mm-hmm. you have gone the extra mile. And I, I think this is going to be really inspiring for a lot of our listeners. So yeah, I really I'm excited. I mean, just like to get here, it's like, I feel like I haven't necessarily had all of these like dream jobs to get here, but it's, I've just made so many friends on Twitter. And like I said, network, network, network. <laughs> network. And that's how I know you. I mean, really, yes. it's through social media. That's how yes. we that's how we know each other. Um, and I know that we also featured you for Women Crush Wednesday mm-hmm. um, a little while back. Cool. But you and I personally do know each other from Twitter and Instagram. Yes. And I think in the sports world, especially, and maybe it's true of everywhere, just that we happen to work in the sports world. So it feels like in the sports world, especially, um, that happens all the time. So, yeah. so never be afraid been, to shoot a DM, all of that stuff. No, exactly. I mean, the and worst they can say is no. And you know what? And I do for a lot of our get my job guests, mm-hmm. I will shoot a DM and say like, hi, you know, zip on. I don't, I've yet to have someone just give me a no. I've had a couple like now is not the best time, but can you follow up with me in a month? And mm-hmm. then eventually they do it. But it's, that is, that's the world we live in. So, you know, don't be afraid to do that. But before I let you go, of course, uh, we have to do five fun facts because that's what we do here. Um, so uh, without further ado, it is five fun facts with Madison Curley. All right, Madison, what is your favorite moment in sports? Okay. So favorite moment in sports, it's, this is going to like, I don't mean to be like, make it about myself but well, no, it is, this probably, is about you this is your favorite it'll sports. Probably it'll totally be, be about me about it totally be about you it'll probably be like my favorite moment forever just per like for personal reasons but in 2017 my college golf team won the national championship and so being there for that um i wasn't playing in the top five i was there as like six man like biggest cheerleader type of thing mm-hmm. but being there for that and like seeing our work all season and like having it paid off pay off was really cool um, still doesn't really like, I mean, I said it afterwards, like, I can't believe it just happened. And my teammate gave me grief. It's like, Madison, how can you not believe it? We knew we were good enough, but I'm like, <laughs> no, I still can't believe it. Like that it actually happened. So that was, that's probably my favorite moment in sports. Well, I think that's fair. And I imagine that you're, I think you're right. I think yes. that probably will always be your favorite moment in sports, <laughs> yes. unless the sun's yes do win it but even so for you to be personally there and it to be your team I just don't know how you top that so that's fantastic do you have a life motto you can share with us it's kind of changed throughout um my life I would say but like most recently um if you're listening to this and working in the sports world I'm sure you're familiar with Jenny Fisher who works Mm -hmm. for the G League in WNBA and her keep showing up campaign um, like not only is has Jenny's story been extremely like inspirational to me, but um, keep showing up just applies to so many things, like so many aspects of my life, whether it's work, whether it's my friends, whether it's my family, uh, my own personal mental health, all of that stuff. So keep showing up definitely has been my life motto recently and will be going forward for a pretty long time. I'm actually wearing a keep showing up shirt right now. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. (laughs) I love that. What is your go-to workout? Go-to workout. Um, I love like just getting in the gym and like lifting heavy weight. I don't know. It's just like something about it therapeutic to me. So um, haven't found one here in Cleveland yet, but love just like personal trainer, like getting in there and like 
like, I mean, it sounds weird, but just like getting sweaty, lifting some heavy weight. Um, I, it's like a stress reliever for me, but, um, as far as like class, like workout class goes, I would have to say some sort of like hit workout. I know a lot of people like spin. I try to spin workout. It's so hard. I need to get like better into it, but probably as far as like a workout style goes, besides just like lifting weights, I'd say some sort of like hit, like cardio class. What is your go-to coffee order? Just like vanilla, iced vanilla latte. I can't drink black coffee. I don't like black coffee, but pretty basic, just vanilla flavor and some milk. Well, that sounds delicious. I have to be honest. Yes. Um, And last but not least, a book every woman should read. So in preparation for this question, I like was like, what is one book I would recommend? Because I like I'm a big book person. I'm like plenty. But one that I've read that came to mind and I like in the spirit of the Olympics coming up, I think everyone needs to read um, My Olympic Life by Anita DeFrance. She uh, like um, African-American woman grew up in America in like the 50s and 60s. So like walks us through that. But then also um, became the first like was on the first women's Olympic rowing team. Mm-hmm. And then actually went on to be, like I think she was on it's I forget the details, but like the U.S. Olympic Committee and then became the first not only like first African-American, but first woman, like American women, woman to serve on the international Olympic committee. And I'm pretty sure she still is on it. So just like, it's a memoir of her story, but in the spirit of the Olympics coming up and talking about women in sports, that's definitely one. I think everyone should read this year in particular because of everything going on and just the Olympics right around the corner. Fantastic. I will absolutely check that out. Thank you. Thank you very much. We've gotten really good book recommendations on this pod and I have read a number of them and that (laughs) is now on my list. So thank you very much, Madison. This has been awesome. Thank you for joining me today. Mm -hmm. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Absolutely. And if you guys like what you heard and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Thanks guys. Talk to you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.